so glad that you're here. This is Karina Michelle, and welcome to Coffee with Karina. Okay, so this is part of our Inspirational Women in Hollywood series, and I'm here with filmmaker and multi-award-winning director, writer, producer, and editor, Colleen Davy-Janes. How are you, Colleen? I am great. Thank you. I'm also an actress, but I put that at the end. You know what? You're multi-talented, and that was going to be one of my questions. Like, I love that you just kind of do it all. What did you start doing? How did you kind of start in this business? Oh my gosh. How did I start? I actually wanted to act and went to, but did you like, I knew I wanted to act, but I was not, how do you say, supported in that idea by some people when I was younger. So when I went to school, when I went to Boston University, I was a little lost. Mm. I was in political science, which if you know me is kind of a joke. And and then I went into ocean sciences, which if you know me, kind of a joke. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. It gets better. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I couldn't dissect a starfish. How did you start in this business? Well, how did you begin? So I knew I wanted to act from an early age. I had watched Star Wars and seen Harrison Ford wink at Princess Leia and something, something about that made me just go, what? Like it moved me, right? Maybe it's because I was a little girl and that was Harrison Ford. Yeah. But but it was the first time I watched credits roll. And when I watched the credits roll, I saw two names, right? I saw Han Solo, Harrison Ford. I saw Steven Spielberg, director. And I went, wait, that's a job? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You can do that for a living? And I just, I never forgot it. And from that day forward, I was like, I'm going to work with Harrison Ford. That That was my goal. That is um, so cool. I had a similar thing with E.T. actually. It's funny that you bring that up. That was one of the uh-huh. first movies that I saw. And it was in England on like an American base, a random story. But I remember seeing it just being like, whoa, this is amazing. And it really kind of just grabs you, right? And brings you in and you're like, I want to do it. And it feels like- Isn't that funny? Yeah. And you know, Harrison Ford's first wife wrote that. Really? Yes. I'm trying to remember her name, but she was the screenwriter. And of course, that's uh, Spielberg. Yeah, film. Of so, course, yeah. Yeah, was, who, you know, from where my age and growing up, he was the big influence. Oh, yeah. So I do love those big, epic, just glorious films. But yeah, so when I went to Boston University, I didn't go for acting. And I kind of realized halfway through my time there that I was like, what am I doing? That's what I always loved. Mm-hmm. And when I tried to study it, that they were going to make me repeat the first two years of school because you have to go, you know, mm-hmm. four years. So I went, well, what's the next closest thing? Yeah. And that was film production, but I, you know, I don't recommend <laughs> going. <No. laughs> oh, yeah, it's yeah. very different, right? It's very different. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. yeah, but it took me on, you know, the journey that I ended up on, which is I wouldn't yeah. change for the life of me, you know? Yeah. Well, I love that you, I was looking at your IMDb and you've done so many different, you've worn so many different hats, I guess, but it's cool because that's how you learn in filmmaking, I feel like, you know, you get to see what everybody does and how it all fits together and... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's like I was, I was a production assistant for many years, which is a great way to learn Mm -hmm. uh, everything because you, you don't have any say, you just have to watch, you just have to listen, you just have to, to do your job. Mm -hmm. Um, But you soak up everything. And then I moved on to, I mean, I've been an agent, I've been a coordinator, I've been a producer and I I went to Iraq on a documentary and (laughs) (laughs) So it's funny because now where I find myself is 
a director, right? And I've got a strong portfolio and uh-huh. I've got many decades in the industry, but the leap from quote unquote amateur, right? Or a short mm-hmm. film director to being a television director or even feature, like the feature mm-hmm. part costs money and you have to have that trust yeah. people have to have in you, right? Yeah. Or just yeah. know where to find it, right? Right, <laughs> right. No, for sure. And no, then I- television is a whole other journey because you've got to be able to get on a TV set to see the difference. And that mm-hmm. that's a hard thing to do. Like, how do you get on Law yeah. & Order to just watch to see to fly it. a wall? Yeah, it is totally different. It, it completely is. I think that's why being an actor earlier on, if you, you know, you're lucky enough to get into these set, it's really amazing, you know, because you get to see how everything works. If you want to stay in the industry and be a producer or a director or whatever. I think yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it's definitely a blessing yeah. to be able to go in and see all that and know what you're in for on the day, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every, every job I've had has only helped me become a better director mm-hmm. and writer you know, all of it. It just, as we know, life is what teaches you. So, Mm -hmm. and I've been on sets for so many years that I know them inside out. So Mm -hmm. it's my life. It's where I belong. Yeah. No, it's very much like, it feels like flowing water when you're in your zone. Yeah. Like a big family, right? It feels like there's definitely a sense of belonging. I feel like with with being on set and being. Oh yeah, totally. It's, it's a community and it's a family and Mm -hmm. they all look, you know, they look to you to, to lead. But one of the keys is listening to people and be ready for someone else to have a better idea than you. Because it's a process because they are like the, your, your key people, you know, your lead, whatever it's a production designer or a cinematographer or even the sound person, they come to you with an idea, you know, and you didn't think of it or it's a solution. It's, and you have to be ready to let them because they're at the top of their game. And right. if you're a good director, then you've chosen well and you have to trust them. Exactly. Implicitly. Of course, it's got to fit into your vision, but, but you have to let them be the best at what they do as well. So that means listening to them. Exactly. No, I completely agree. What have been some of your greatest challenges, like being a woman filmmaker and how did oh, you overcome them? Greatest challenges? Yeah. I think I'm probably in the middle of them to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go off script here, but, um, (laughs) no, definitely you can, you can. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest challenges are right now. It's making the leap from being, I mean, I get paid for what I do, but I'm Mm -hmm. not in the DGA and, you know, I've written features. I'm more than capable of helming a feature, but getting that done requires what, like, half a million dollars at the least, depending Mm -hmm. on the story. And it takes years to do. And then getting into television, just that, of course, it's super competitive. But it's Mm -hmm. also, I don't know what the higher rate is right now for women on, let's say, episodic television, whether it be streaming like Hulu or Netflix or whether it be NBC, ABC. But it's about 12% or less for Mm -hmm. women, not not even counting women of color, LGBTQ, mm-hmm. uh, it's like the numbers, the numbers, the numbers. And mm-hmm. I'm not daunted by it because I have, I have four brothers and I've never considered myself to be an underdog. I've never really thought about the difference between like being a woman in a business and just being a person in a business until the last few years. It's yeah. become a little obvious. 
It's true. No, the numbers do speak for themselves. You know, you, you're aware of it, but then you're like, wow, there's, there's a big discrepancy here. And things are changing, but I feel like they're not changing fast enough. You know, they're kind of starting oh, in that direction. Yeah. And they can't, they won't change as fast as anyone wants. You know, mm-hmm. the other thing is that it is a, it's a very closed little world. So, so for me, of course, there's so much television out there. There's so much or streaming television and moving into that world it's a very closed little world and losing my train of thought, but it's, oh, so the way that, like I was saying earlier, the only way that you can, you know, let's say if I want to direct (laughs) an episode on HBO, the only way I can do that is if I get on set and I watch how they do it from beginning to end. But right now, especially with the pandemic, that's called shadow directing. Right, right. No, I think it's it's great if you can do that for sure. Right, but how do you get that? Especially now. Especially now. (laughs) There aren't any now. But even going back to where where there were, everyone will tell you, you know, that's why it's ignore the naysayers. Because everybody will tell you, oh, well, go apply to the diversity programs. Okay. Well, Um, there are thousands of us who want the shadow position. There are, let's say, eight diversity programs who let in, let's say, three to 50 people, depending on the program. But you've still got thousands of legitimate directors who could easily helm a TV show and be a guest director and all that. But how do you get in? I mean, honestly. And, mm-hmm. and when you are a woman of a certain age, who are they going to go for? And if, mm-hmm. you know, it's that. So there's, there's a whole trickle down effect of how does one get in even to just watch? Like, don't pay me. Right. <laughs> just to go in and kind of be a fly on the wall. No, yeah. I mean, I feel like you're close. I look through your director's real. It's awesome. I mean, it's amazing. I think you're very close and you're actually, um, yeah, I mean, I'm so, yeah. And you were recognized by the DGA as well, right? With, with shoot magazine as new director to watch. That was a shoot director, shoot magazine, new director to watch. And we screened at the DGA and that was my short film first chair that was selected Yeah. And so they screen, you know, like a trailer of it. And it was really fabulous. The Shoot Magazine is geared more towards commercial production, commercial houses and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it was not a direction I ultimately decided to take to move into commercial. I've done some specs, but to rebuild my reel in that area was like, uh, I think I'll just continue with the longer form narrative, you know. Yeah. So that was a great honor, a great honor. Yeah, no, DGA is great. So yeah. I'm going to go a little off topic here, but I loved your story about meeting Harrison Ford, going back to Harrison Ford in the interview. I just think it's so great. Could you tell us, tell the listeners a little bit about that? Oh, gosh. Yeah. So <laughs> I had been working on film sets before I got on to Sabrina. That's where I met him. And I had worked on several film sets and I guess I was young enough at the time to tell everybody he was my inspiration, yeah. right? So I would tell every production, so anyone who would listen to me, I was like, I'm here because of Harrison Ford. <laughs> I'm going to work with him one day. Yeah. And um, I had gone home. I had pretty much left the world of production and being a production assistant because you can get sucked into, number one, a steady paycheck. Number two, being surrounded by celebrities and big names and just the world. So I knew I wanted to act at that point. And so I left being a production assistant and 
the thing was my journey was about to move up to being an assistant director or a producer of some sort. That was just, production is different from the art side of production. Right, so right. you're a PA, generally you're going to become an AD often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I got out because that was not what my love was, even though I was very good at it. So I had gone home for a summer and I got called by a production assistant, Michael Reichman, who's now a director himself and an AD. Uh And he was like, I have a job for you. It's a PA job up in New York. And I was like, no, I'm not (laughs) doing that. I really don't want to. And he goes, are you sure you don't want to know what it is? Yeah. (laughs) You're like, okay. (laughs) What do you mean? Sure. What is it? And he said, it's a month on Long Island on Sabrina with Harrison Ford. And I was like, oh my God. You're like, sign me up. Sign me up. (laughs) I screamed. Did you really? Oh, Oh, yes. It was just a dream come true. Wow. So I went up there and it was a month, you know, if you've seen the film, there are these big party scenes at the mansion, you know, where the family is. Uh-huh. And um, I was one of the extras wranglers. So, Got it. Okay. Yeah. So I was that person. So, but, you know, I would see, I would pass. You'd get glimpses of him, right? <laughs> he was, yeah. He would chat with people standing next to me, you know. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I knew that this was my opportunity to, to say something to him. But the problem was I didn't know what to say. I was like, right. What do you say to yes. them? So it took me a month and it took all of the extras were so wonderful. They were like, have you done it? Have you done it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. They're like helping you out, egging you on, right? <laughs> and yeah. And someone said, well, you, you're an actress. You've studied Meisner. And mm-hmm. if you know Meisner, it's, it's about repetition and it's about just being organic in the moment. Right. And I was like, yeah. And they said, well, just go up to him, say hello, and just let your spirit be instinctive and say what you want to say. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I thought that was the worst idea in the world. <laughs> You're just like, ah, come on. <laughs> like, you've got to plan this kind of thing, people. Yeah. <laughs> and, but ultimately we were two days from wrapping out that shoot and we had wrapped out, it was two in the morning and he had gone upstairs. There's a spiral staircase in this gorgeous mansion and they had wrapped Harrison and I knew where his dressing room was, talking. <laughs> and he came up the stairs and I said, Harrison, do you have a minute? And he stopped and he had his tuxedo jacket over his arm, his white tuxedo shirt on. And I was shaking. I was like, uh, <laughs> and he goes, sure. And he comes over and I was like, wow, he's really tall. These are the thoughts in my mind. Yeah. And so he's kind of leaning down a little to talk to me. And then, and my walkie-talkie, you know, you clip it onto your shirt. Yeah. It goes off. It's like, oh. go ahead. And I go, hold on one second. And I turn it off, which is, you can't turn off yeah. your walkie-talkie right. on a bed. But I did. <laughs> and I, so I'm, and so I'm staring at him. <laughs> I think I was silent for like five seconds trying to think of what oh to say. Gosh. And I just said, I just want to thank you for being an inspiration to me for the last 17 years. Wow. I'm an actress and your work has been very important to me. Wow. And he, just, he said, well, thank you. Thank you very much. And I said, and I, I hope to work with you one day. And he said, well, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you're like but still he, shaking. Oh yeah, my God. So what a moment though to have with, mm-hmm. with someone who you've looked up to. That's amazing. Yeah. And he, he walked away and I just stood there and I was like, Okay, you know, because you've—I just accomplished a dream. Yeah, no, and it's huge. Just yeah, and they walked down the 
I walked down the staircase and I walked out the front of this mansion and I just started bawling. I was oh like, my <laughs> God. Yeah. It was no, I, I get it. I get it. You know, cause it, being as that you see people, obviously you wouldn't usually see like if you were like, you know, in a regular life or whatever. And it's yeah. weird sometimes because you're like, Oh my God, I've watched this person or do this for years. And it's really kind of overwhelming. Yep. Sometimes. So, yeah. Body. Yeah. Really, yeah. But, but just such a huge, wonderful moment. Cause I felt, yeah. okay, now I can move on somehow. Yeah. I don't even oh, know what that means. So great. That's so great. I have to tell you, I was actually driving in LA. I think it was on, on sunset in like Bel Air and my husband and I looked over and the car next to us, it was Harrison Ford with Calista. <laughs> <laughs> and even that moment, we were like, is that Harrison? You know, this is LA's what happens sometimes. We're like, is that Harrison Ford? And it was so weird. It was so surreal. So I get it. I totally yeah. get it. Yeah. And LA's like that. <laughs> it is. It is. LA's fun for sure. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, the other thing I wanted to talk about is you're really big on like intuition and like letting things come to you. As am I, I think it's, it's so important, but I feel like it's a balance sometimes between like, you know, goal setting and also kind of like letting it flow and not, you know, if something's not working, you got to kind of let it go, I guess a little bit, but it's knowing when, you know, which things to pursue and which ones not to, I guess, but what do you yeah, well, well <laughs> this is where people will think I'm cuckoo lolly. Uh, <laughs> you know, as I said, I follow Abraham Hicks. Yes. And one of the things that Esther, who, you know, <laughs> translates Abraham through her, yeah. will say is that there's no law of assertion. You can't assert anything, no matter how badly you want something. You've got to, like, we're all vibration. We are all energy. So I totally believe that we are like a Wi-Fi tower and if we open ourselves up to whatever the message is, whatever, and it's all positivity, right? So it's not mm-hmm. like a negative yeah. message. If you open yourself up to, to the next move, right? The, the path of least resistance is just, if you open yourself up to that positive energy, the world, the universe already knows what I want. The universe mm-hmm. knows exactly what I want because I also meditate and I do Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditations. I don't know oh, if you know. No, him. what is that? I meditate, but I don't know that. What oh my gosh, I don't even know how to describe <laughs> him. I'll have to Google this later. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's incredible. He, well, I won't, yeah, watch who he is. But basically he uses quantum physics, epigenetics, mm-hmm. neuroscience. And he has these meditations where it overlaps perfectly with Abraham, even though they're in two different worlds. Mm-hmm. In that, the way you attract what you want is by finding in meditation, but before you get in, it's called the think box, right? So you plan what it is that you are going to meditate about or that you know what you want. And then when you attach a heightened emotion to it, love, joy, oneness, wholeness, bliss, whatever, however, wherever you go. When you have the image and you connect the heightened emotion, that's what draws the event to you. Wow. It also changes your own physiology because it up levels your... Your vision. Genes, upregulates your own... Well, no, this is like physically your body, your genes. He's deep into it. He's deep into it. So it's probably more than this article that it could ever cover. No, that's fascinating. I'm really interested in this. I'm definitely... Yeah. So basically, like, it's knowing what you want, focusing, and then feeling joy around it. And if you start to feel anxiety around it, if you start to feel pressure 
or mm-hmm. I need this as opposed mm-hmm. to I want this, then I drop the subject. I get off the subject and I let it come to me. So yesterday I did a meditation and before I got into it in my think box, it was a career, you know, it was like career. I want this beautiful feeling and it's how right. I want to feel about it. Not what do I want? Cause I can't tell the universe how to deliver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's how, you know, how do I want to feel about this? And by the end of yesterday, I was offered a job that may be a big stepping stone. Wow. Now, I've probably been paving that pathway for some time, but I sometimes mm-hmm. you can relate your meditation to a specific outcome. And Abraham right. will say that too. You know, the universe is giving you messages all the time and mm-hmm. you can often relate how you're feeling to what happens to you in the next few moments. Wow. Like the interview that I did with you, right? And then you mm-hmm. reached out and said, let's do exactly. an audio interview. And I was like, yeah. see, that's the law of attraction. Exactly. <laughs> I know it's, it's so true. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes you just, I mean, it just happens. You know, you don't really kind of put this intention forward, I guess, for me. Yeah. Which right. is awesome too. But like, yeah, and for me too, I think it's, if I hear a, something like, I should be doing this, that free, I'm like, no, I'm dropping this. <laughs> like, this is what I should, or the universe or other people usually want you to be doing something else. But it's got to be I something. Have been, yeah, I've been trying yeah. to drop the word should. Yeah, I, I agree. I was listening to another woman whose name I can't remember right now, but she's um, sort of a coach for, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of celebrities and big people. And she said, I t- make them take the word should out of mm-hmm. their vocabulary. I agree. You'd, you'd be surprised at what happens when you do that. Yeah, I don't like it either. So I, think I completely get that. Yeah. And when you find yourself doing it, then that, yeah, again, get off the topic. Like, yeah. or turn it into I could, or I choose not to, or I will. Yeah, no, it's definitely, yeah, that's interesting. You also talked about focusing on what you really want to do. Was directing something that you kind of thought about doing earlier on and weren't 100% on it? I knew you said you were into acting earlier on. I avoided it like the plague. Did you? Oh, yeah, <laughs> like COVID. No, because again, I wanted to be an actress and, right. and I am one and I'm a fantastic actress. But what kept happening was people would go, you should direct. And I would say, no, in my youth, in my, you know, lack of wisdom, now with my full hindsight, I thought that by people telling me I should be a director, it meant I was a failed actress or it meant I was not good enough and I should probably get into something. (laughs) Yes. No, I've, I've had the same thing, you know, going from different from acting, which I did for a long time. And kind of mm-hmm. fell into producing and people, I think it takes other people time to adjust too. You know, they're used to seeing you in that role. And then yeah. all of a sudden it's like, whoa, whoa, what's this? What's she, what's she doing now? Yeah. You know, but, but I, was, yeah. I was always directing, like I went to film school. So I directed right. short films and I came out and people would have me direct some, I directed some theaters, small theater in New York. And then I was doing production and I was an agent and I was a coordinator and I, you know, went through this whole period of not directing and my brother-in-law, who was a very prolific line producer, had written a short film and this was somewhere around, a little, it was after 9-11. He had written this short film and he threw it at me. <laughs> I remember on the couch, <laughs> really? he goes, you should direct this. Oh. And I was like, uh, I don't direct. And he goes, now nah, you're a director. You should direct this. Interesting. So they saw it. He saw it before. He yeah. saw it. And, you know, mm-hmm. he had worked with the best and the worst. 
And I read the script and I was like, ooh, I like it. I do like it. And uh-huh. then it just happened. We put it together. I said, okay, will you produce it? Uh-huh. And he said, I'll produce it. And at that time, I was working at J.P. Morgan for a day job. Wow. And yeah, my, my <laughs> boss, who I'm still friends with, he let me use his gorgeous house, the little outside of New York. And he let me use his daughter (laughs) as my creepy child. And then he even, yeah, he even gave me a check at the end to help cover some costs. So what what an amazing person. And so that film, it was called Stranger. And it was really good. But that was back in the day of tape. So we did that on like DigiBeta or I don't even know what I shot that on. But it was (laughs) And it got into the Long Island Film Festival. That was the first festival I'd ever gotten into. And um, I had gotten the master recreated. You know, you have to get it mm-hmm. up with whatever screening format they wanted at the right. time. And uh, we went out to the festival. And when they screened it, there was this high-pitched squealy noise over the whole film. Like the audience had to leave because it was so loud. So the company that had recreated it must have put my master next to a magnet and they destroyed it are you kidding oh my god no so like who knows what what would have happened if i had like gotten on the festival circuit back in like 2007 (laughs) right right um but so that was like i directed that and then i kind of that was a heart-wrenching moment so after that I went into, that was when I went into coordinating and the agent stuff and kind of dropped artistic a little bit. You know, Uh I study acting on the side. And then I don't even remember. It was really in the last, I'm trying to remember what the first thing. Then someone, I was at Sundance. I had written a feature film, which still hasn't been made, a beautiful Irish comedy. Mm -hmm. And I went to Sundance, basically trying to get executive producer, producer, wanted to get it made. And while I was at Sundance, I was with some people hanging out at a bar and we came up with a story and came back to New York and like a year or two later made that short film. So they asked Mm -hmm. me to direct it. And that was called Grill Check. And that did a little bit on the fest circuit. I feel like it could still do very well, honestly. But Mm -hmm. so I directed that and it's gorgeous. It's sexy. It's weird. And again, I'm trying to remember like the order of events, but I did that. And it didn't get into as many festivals as I wanted. And by then, I had gone to Sundance like five years in a row, six years in a row, trying to get the feature made. The feature almost got made. Then it didn't get made. And then it almost got made again. Yeah. Which is just how they, they go. That's just how it goes. <laughs> it's the nature of the biz. <laughs> no surprise. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I just sort of paused. I thought that was going to happen for so long that I didn't put anything else in front of me to mm. make. I was so, I'll say, attached uh, as, opposed, as opposed to committed, right? So right. I switched off of that eventually, and that opened up, I guess, my creative juices to directing other things again. Mm-hmm. And so I got involved in these kind of film competitions, you know, like you'd have three weeks to make a project. Yes. And, I, and I had this group of actors who are my muses, mm-hmm. and we all worked together so well. So I was in a lot of the stuff I made and I was having such a joyful time. That's really where a bulk of my most recent work, I would say four of my projects. Really? Came from. Yeah. And 
I mean, I can make, <laughs> I can make a really good looking film for not a lot of money and for in a very fast amount of time. Yeah. Never done over a 12 hour day. Wow. That's yeah. surprising. Yeah. Cause so, I think some people work much better under pressure and others do not. <laughs> you must be one of the, one of the ones that definitely works better under that pressure. Well, you know, like I said, it's kind of like being like water over rocks when you're in your groove. And planning, planning the day well with your first AD and when things, and things go wrong, Mm -hmm. you know, the most recent project, which is actually going to be at the Manhattan Film Festival market starting this weekend that I have. Oh, awesome. A pilot TV show, How Am I Doing? Mm -hmm. On our third and last day of filming, which was two weeks after the previous filming days, right? We had to take a break so we could get this classroom. The sound guy showed up two or three hours late. Oh my so God. we had to sit there and wait for this guy who said he had food poisoning to show up and, oh, who knows? He could have had a bender, but. Right, right. <laughs> no, for sure. I mean, you just never know. Yeah. That's the worst though. Cause it holds up the whole shoot. People don't realize that one little thing yeah. sets you off and that's it. I mean, you can't, exactly. can't shoot without sound. You need good sound. We needed sound. We had kids in a classroom. Oh my gosh. We had to go to another location on the Upper West to film like this big other scene. And and it was like, okay. And you were set back. But that's when you just, that's like when I get into my zone, that's my Mm -hmm. bet. You know, you start planning what else can you do? And if you can't do anything, then you go, you watch the clock tick and you go, well, let's, how could, let's rehearse. Let's do this. And he showed up and then you just move really fast, but without yep. causing pressure on anyone else. The yeah. pressure can be on me, it can be mm-hmm. in my head, but no one else can see or feel. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Once once the director like freaks out, then this goes to you know where, you know, it's like, oh God. You do not freak out. And if you do That's, freak yeah. out in a stairwell with a producer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and no one is listening. Yes, and hiding. You're like, oh, what are we going to do? But no, I agree. That's, that's a good filmmaker. That's how you know yeah, you're good at what you do. <laughs> yeah, You're yeah. part of it. Yeah, and then you're just like, and also it's a chess game and it's a, mm-hmm. it's a battle at the same time. So you're just trying to figure out the next smartest move to bring everyone through because it's not right. just you. you yeah. Know? It's not just this film or this show. It's mm-hmm. everyone has to come forward with you and feel like, all right, we're going to get this done. Yeah. It's going to happen. I ain't worried. It's going to happen. Yeah. How about any other exciting projects you can tell us about? I know you mentioned the festival this weekend. Yeah. It's the Manhattan so, Festival, you said? It's a Manhattan Film Festival, which is, you know, Movie Maker Magazine has their lists and it's one of the top 25 festivals worth the entry fee and Mm -hmm. one of the best festivals in the U.S., you know, based on them. But it's great. And I love them because honestly, they've created this online market so people can come in and, and sort of hobnob and network online and you can request to watch the film. But they're saving the live screening till next year. And I'm so grateful. Mm, because that's good, yeah. I've been in so many festivals now and they're online. Yeah, and it's, and ev- it's everything's up there and you miss out and it's weird. Yeah, it's, I it's agree. Thing and no one shows up. Come on. Yeah, no, no it's, it's not the not same. It's but... Yeah. <laughs> it's just what it is. And I don't blame people for not showing up. It's not the same vibe. Right. So 
so yeah, so there, the actual festival is going to be next June, but this is the market. And then I have the Long Island International Film Festival with my other short film called Ride the Wave, which has won a few best awards. And I won best director for that, I think. I can't Amazing. remember now. I know I won best director for, the, for this pilot. How am I doing? And then last night, and this is, I'm not even sure. I know they're doing a press release on this, so I'll give you the scoop. Um, yeah. Downtown Los Angeles Film Festival has mm-hmm. their screenplay competition. And they had to have a director to direct the table read, which will, of course, be virtual. And so they, last night I got the call that they had selected me to direct the winning screenplay table read for them. Oh, amazing. Yeah, so that's a, it's a big one. They have, they'll have some press around it. And, yeah. um, you know, they're going to be, what is it? I can't remember what it's called. It's like Google Ads. So they'll be running, they'll oh. be running some ads around it. Um, oh, to, right. To bump up the viewership and hopefully give, you know, whoever Space wrote this. extra press, yeah. Yeah, and give, give the writer and the screenplay some real press and, and an opportunity to be seen and to hear their work out loud. And I'm just oh. so excited to be a part of that and well, to, to awesome. have been chosen. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thanks so much for doing this. This was super cool just to, to hear everything and how you, how you kind of got here. But I'm going to stay, I'm going to definitely keep an eye on what you're doing. I, I checked some out and it's very cool. It's like comedic, but it's serious at the same time. And it focuses mostly on family and, and women, you said, your characters. And with, yeah. I mean, I, I have a hard time writing men lead <laughs> characters it, yeah. I start out as a guy and then it ends up being a woman really that's so funny yeah so I have I have another feature I'm writing where it is a it's a male lead uh-huh. and it, my one of my muses is one of the actors that I work with a lot in my in my short film so far his name is Jim O'Hare he his voice is so clear in my mind that I can definitely you know move forward with him as a lead character but I'm writing another feature right now that is two sisters. It's a rom-com and two sisters. And and so I don't know what it is, but maybe it's because I'm a woman. <laughs> yeah. There's that voice of women in my mind. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, we will keep your us on what you're doing. And again, thanks so much. And we wish you the best with all of this. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening. This is Karina Michelle, and you've been listening to Coffee with Karina. We are having a great time just talking and having some coffee, and I hope you're having fun too. So if you like what you hear, check out some of our other episodes, and we hope to see you back here next time.